I wanted to do one of those like backpacking around the world for $20 deals where you wash dishes to pay for the train to go to the next country. Mark, one of my, I'm confessing this, I'm confessing it to the microphone here. I've always had a little dream of doing a short stint in a prison somewhere. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's Wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. At the the time that this podcast hits the ears of our faithful listeners, they're either going to have recently submitted their tax returns or... We are here to tell them it's time to get off your duffs, gentlemen. Yeah, and you missed submit the day your tax when you, returns. Yeah, it's, it's a legal necessity that you have walked through some steps to pay attention to taxes. If you haven't done that as of this hearing, you might want to call somebody. I would start with apologies. That's always a good way to start, is start with apologies. And then how do you catch up to what you've missed? We're going to get to that, but... Uh, that's that's the situation in the day we find ourselves in before we yeah. kind of get into to the nitty-gritty Stephen. I've been churning through some books and I'm I really I'm really about halfway through. I can't really recommend it because it's pretty raunchy. But uh Oh, more of the raunchy books that you like to read? Yeah, you know, they're the the Danielle Steele novels that you get at Kroger <laughs> in the pharmacy department. <laughs> yep. No, and by uh, his warm, comforting touch, she knew that everything <laughs> was going to be all right. I'm thinking about really what I would say is the the classic American tale of a multi generational family team on mission. Do you know what book I'm talking about? Um, how about Swiss Family Robinson, The Godfather? Oh my stars, Mario Puzo. Yeah, is that I've, right? I might be the weirdo who has never seen that movie. I've never seen The Godfather. None of them. You're probably not that weird for for under 40s, but for over 40s, you're weird. Yeah. Well, it's it's a fascinating book and I Have you watched any since reading the book? No, because I'm only halfway through and I don't know where it breaks in the different I don't want to spoil anything. It's okay. Well, I'm asking you on this podcast in front of these 12 friends of ours who are listening, I'm asking you to hold off watching the film until you're with me and then we can enjoy the film together. All of them or just the first one? Really just the first one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's been consuming my, my days between the hours of about 930 and 1015 every night. Um, wow. And it's pretty- and how did this make the short list of things you can invest your time in? Is this pulpy, raunchy novel? Um, I have realized that I need just fun fiction when I'm falling asleep. It's really hard for me to consume and maintain. So I've got a list of more meaty books that I'm working on during the daytime hours. But if I'm going to fall asleep, the book I read before this was Dracula. Um, which was really fun. Um, and one of the things I've been doing this year is asking people I care about what their favorite book is and then reading it. Well, on this same note, 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a really fun read. Like I assume Dracula is, I've never read it, but it's, it's a, it is a barnstormer, that book. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula is a page turner. I didn't, I I didn't know it was going to be, but it's really fun actually. And uh, that's really funny. Godfather made somebody's list of best American novels. I, I looked up some, what are the hundred best American novels and, and some magazine had put that on there. So I, I ordered okay. it. Um, we'll save the book talk for, for our annual book review. For book, for book review. Okay. So, um, uh, let me ask this. When do you do your chunky, chunky daytime reading when you're reading for learning and not for entertainment? Because those both fall under before bed for me. Yeah, I have to do that in the morning. Um, so this morning I did a little theology reading and a little... I've got this book that I think we're going to have to do a podcast episode on pretty soon called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And uh, I'm also working my way through that. So I'll do that during the day. Sometimes if I know I need to catch up, I'll actually block off calendar time to do chunky reading because to me that's more kind of a part of work, Uh, whereas the fun reading is always until I fall asleep. Well, you know, um, um, who was it? Um, 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 There are many famous people, including Churchill, I believe C.S. Lewis, before 11 a.m., it might have been as late as 1 p.m., but before 11 a.m., these guys would take no appointments. They read and did correspondence um, before 11 a.m. And somebody, there's somebody else who we, who we would think of as a high-output guy that reserved mornings for reading. Um, and it always seemed like a dream to me to be able to do that, but I guess if you just made it a priority, you could do it. Well, it's interesting because today we're going to talk about some sort of things to do after you file your tax returns. And if you don't file your tax returns, you can end up in a place called low security prison where that is able to be a reality. You could just read and do correspondence all day long. That's all that you have to do. And they'll feed you. Um, you don't have to worry about meals. You don't have to do dishes. Well, maybe that you might be that might be a detail that you have to do a little while, but you don't even have to worry about what to wear. Nope. Wow. Okay, we're getting into a weird area here. If we touch on this, because as my wife will tell you, I've always wanted to have the most like complete life. So, like when I finished college, there were like three things I wanted to do. I wanted to go be a missionary. I wanted to do one of those like backpacking around the world for $20 deals where you wash dishes to pay for the train to go to the next country. I sort of got to do that while being the missionary. I also had a goal to be in the army. I thought that'd be an amazing experience to do that for a couple of years. Dot, dot, dot. Mark, one of my, I'm confessing this. I'm confessing it to the microphone here. I've always had a little dream of doing a short stint Jail. in prison somewhere. Okay. And if you've been it now, listen, if you've been in prison, you're like, you're the biggest fool. You don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's horrible. It's traumatic. Okay. I understand that. Okay. I'm ignorant. I am speaking out of ignorance. I'm just telling you that's what that I've had that thought when people leave prison and they go, here's the manuscript for my new book. I finished 
an opera. I wrote a thousand songs. I'm like, wow, that would be a dreamy. Okay. I'm, Does that happen often? I know that's weird. No, not very often. Okay. And just in case our regulators are listening for our other job as financial advisors, this is all <laughs> just the, the banter and jest yeah, part of the podcast. It's just, Mr. It's just Manuel. Silly. And, does not. And I would never do anything no. that, w- that would give the government cause to put me in one of these. I would never do that. No. But it's just, it's just something that one, one imagines. Right. Although there's a chance in the next few years you might start doing things that would give the government cause to put you in a jail, such as gathering Quoting with Christians the Bible. or not wearing a mask in a national park or something like that. True. Okay. If, the, if those things are, if those things hit the red line, well, we're gonna have to deal with that later. Maybe, maybe in a weird way, my dreams will come true. <laughs> so let's talk about. Um, I, I really hope that everyone's done their taxes. I guess if you haven't done your taxes and you're listening to this, and we get it out on time, it it's not too late. You can you can go. You're, you don't have time to call someone, but you can probably go get yourself some TurboTax and file right now. Fun fact, this is this is the first fun fact of the episode, but okay, the penalties for not filing your taxes on time are far more than the penalties for paying late. So if you have to pick one, if you're running late, just get, Interesting. The, get the paperwork done and file. Um, or do what my family does. Uh, at the time this this podcast goes live, there's no chance the parrots will have have done their taxes. Uh, okay. We are on the auto extend program, so we just file an extension kind of automatically and do our taxes whenever we do our taxes. And as long Why? as you don't owe too much money, that's totally acceptable. Why do you do that? Um. Mainly because I really like my CPA, but he's very busy and he tends to go in order of importance. And we are our personal taxes. So our business taxes need to get done on time. Our personal taxes really don't um, because we're pretty dialed in in terms of not owing or um, having the government owe us a bunch of money. So it's kind of a formality. Um, So it's no big deal for us to wait. Uh, If you have multiple business ownership stakes and those are still trickling in right about now it's fine to to extend and that's not a problem but the thing you don't want to do gentlemen is Mm. just hope that you can get the the thing done in three weeks from now and not file anything until then you want to file and then if you have to pay later that's okay okay I was gonna think. I was thinking that our advice was gonna be: if you haven't turned your taxes in and you're listening to this podcast, press stop and go do something about your taxes. Was that you're considering that? Well, at yeah, all? we're not gonna give you anything today. Everything we're gonna talk about today is kind of under the the heading of "I've done my taxes. Now what?" All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's start talking taxes. Okay. Go. So, a lot of people get excited when they find out that they have a tax refund on the way. So yes, I'm sure you guys have probably heard this before, but if you got a tax refund, what that means is you gave the government a free loan of your money. And that's nice of you and all, but they're not going to issue brownie points for this. The, um, 
there's no real reason that you would want to loan the government money for free. So let's say that you got a $5,000 refund. And that feels really nice in the moment, okay? It, it's Most people go, wow, I got a tax refund. What are we going to do with it? And it's like finding money in the sofa. But um, tax refunds, beyond just being loans that you gave the government for free instead of doing something for yourself with that money during the year, uh, they tend to spur on bad behavior. So... Mm. As opposed to having planned out the money that comes into your household, and we know we have a budget for every dollar. We've talked about right. that a lot. Um, this tends to be, wow, $5,000. What should we do with it? Out Let's- of nowhere. Yeah, it's free. Right. It's imaginary money. It does not part of my budget. We weren't expecting this. It's like a bonus, and we didn't do any work for it. But it is money that you made and that you were owed. You just lost it for a while and and accidentally gave too much of it to someone who you didn't know it to. Okay. I know you're about to give us some good advice about what to do with this uh, rebate money that comes in. So let me just reiterate for the sake of clarity, Mark says, if you got a tax refund, you're doing it wrong. So don't think of that as a treat. Think of that as a slap on the wrist. Of course, it's your money. But you should take a note from that. Well, in the year to come, we're going to do things differently because I don't want them to hold on to my money for X number of months, then send it back to me. What we want to do with that money is put it to work, whether it's knocking down debt, it might be investing it so that it grows, building into the capitals around our family or whatever our budget is meant to do. That's what your money should be doing for you, not sitting in some government coffers that when they realize, oh, the we didn't carry the one or whatever, now you get this money back. That's not a happy moment for you. It should be like, oh, those are re- those are family resources that were more or less squandered because they they were sitting with the government. Now they're handed back to me. And please, don't do the foolish. Um, I, I call it a poverty mindset, which goes, oh, this is free money, and and it's um, we're not accountable to anybody for what we do with this money. It's magic money. So we can go do the stupidest, um, most selfish, short-sighted thing with this money because it doesn't matter. And I tell you, yea, verily, I speaketh unto you. That is money that matters. It actually is money that come under your roof, come under your management. It's your stewardship. You have to apply all the same rules to that money that comes in as when grandpa dies or you get a raise or whatever You've got to do the same kind of evaluative work with that money to put it into action as you do with anything else. Please don't do that foolish thing. We're having a big party. We're going to rent a bartender to come on our back deck and invite all the neighbors. If you're, look, if you're doing that strategically because you want to build capital with your neighbors, great, you can do that. Don't do that because you didn't have a better plan for what to do with rebate money. So that's end of sermonette. Back over to you, Mark, to tell us what do we do with the $5,000 we just got from the tax man. Yeah, and for a lot of people, just to piggyback on what you said, it's not whether or not they got a tax refund this year. They're probably about to get more stimulus dollars. So there's going to be some unexpected surges of money. And 
What what I don't think you're saying is don't have don't enjoy the money that you have at all and just not saying that only do the things that are boring like investing in your IRAs and uh, we're not saying that it can't be like the really exciting hey our family's been dreaming of this and now look we can do it um, that might be a good way to spend um, tax refunds or uh, stimulus dollars I think. The best thing that we've ever produced on this topic of how to how to actually plan for this. So if you're the person that has a tax refund and you're trying to heed Stephen's warning here of, of uh, doing it differently next year, we wrote a series of articles called uh, You Need a Slush Budget. So if you just go to abrahamswallet.com and search slush budget, you can slush see... Slush budget. I think there's three articles up there on how to um, plan when you when you are planning for the potential of money coming that you don't actually have weekly hitting your bank account right now uh, and how to budget around that and how to think about it. Um, and there's some things that you just have to do now. So if you're listening to this and you just got your refund and you have credit card debt, that vacation is not the thing that you get to do with, with the refund. You need No, to- it's not. You need to pay off all of your credit card debt. Uh, But there's also times in life when, you know, hey, we don't know how much we're going to make this year. We're going to budget on kind of a consistent number. And look, we made more than we thought. We sold a big deal, whatever it is. That's a great time to say this is when we get to, to do the thing we've had on our hearts. 100%. I want to reiterate what Mark is saying about we don't want to be killjoys. It's not the point. The point is to be thoughtful about what comes in. So one of the beauties of the slush budget idea, which you can read about at abrahamswallet.com, is that um, you can plan for the sort of dreamy, fun, celebratory, fun things. And you don't take those things and irresponsibly go, well, when we hit this mark and we get this done, that will be the next thing that we do. We just got... Yeah, I should have I should have told you this when you said what's been going on. I'll tell you what's been going on with us. We got to for our spring break, we got to go stay with good old friends in Denver and and we went skiing for a few days and we'd saved up money for that. And it costs it costs a pretty penny to it's take a family cheap. for to rent rent skis and poles and masks and helmets and get out there to the mountain and buy lift tickets. And, you know, it wasn't cheap, um, but boy, it was fun. And uh, it was great for us mentally and emotionally and relationally and spiritually. And it was well worth the money. So we're not the finance nerds who say, be sure and put it all in uh, Roth IRA. That's not, that's not the end all be all. It's maybe part of the plan. But um, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to say that you don't celebrate when you sell a big deal or get a bonus or commission check. It's that you need to have a plan for what you're going to do with that. That's what the slush budget is all about, is having a plan for what you're going to do so that when unexpected money comes in, you go, hey, we've got fun stuff planned or no, there's something really important we have to do with it. And you can proceed that way. Yep. All right. In fact, you you have always given the advice that if you get an unexpected windfall, you should take a little bit of it and 
go do something celebratory. Uh, I, I agree. So it's, and well, that's another series at, at abrahamswallet.com, which is first fruits. And God likes it when we give first fruits. Um, he likes us to, uh, to um, acknowledge him with the first part. And then over and over, we see in the Bible that he wants us to celebrate. We see, I want you to take this, the thing that I've given you, I want you to celebrate. That doesn't mean that you go stupid with it. But it, yeah, it's got to be part of your plan. Good. So now let's get into what you should actually do um, to fix this. So if you got a big tax return and you, a tax refund, um, and you are an employee, um, the first thing you should probably do is go to your employer and say, I'm going to need to fill out a new form W-4. So this is the form you probably remember filling out when you were first hired. And it asks things like, how many exemptions do you have? Um, And it's trying to calculate how much should we withhold from your paycheck and send to the federal government each year so that you uh, more or less end up paying the amount of taxes you owed. Now, if you paid too much, you might have no exemptions, which means just tax me at the full rate. And you might be saying, well... I don't have, maybe you don't have kids. So you're, a lot of times it says how many dependents do you have and that's how many exemptions you have. But you might have other situations that mean you're going to owe less tax than they think. It's okay to add an exemption or two to reduce the amount of withholding that your employer takes from your check each, each pay period. Um, and that's how you do it, is submit a new form W-4 with your employer and they will withhold less tax and your paycheck will go up. And I could just go online, find a W-4 form, fill it out myself, and hang, hand it to HR? No, go ask your employer to give you a W-4. Uh, each gotcha. employer will have a different system. My company does it electronically. So um, depends kind of what they prefer. Gotcha. Um, a lot of times when I say this to folks, they say, well, that's great, but that would assume that my situation next year is going to be very similar to my situation last year. And I think I'm going to make a whole lot more money next year. Of course you do. Everybody does, right? Yeah. Not everybody. Some people like, uh, who's not going to make as much money next year? I'm trying to think of a good NBA joke here. Oh, I was thinking of a mask, a mask manufacturer joke. Yeah, them, they're, they're not, they had a really good 2020. They did. Unbelievable. Um, okay. So I want to explain a principle here. Uh, Steven, I want you to think of yourself. And when I say self, I mean your tax situation, which is, I think, deep down how most of our listeners kind of characterize their innermost being. Yeah. But I wish you could have seen the image that came into my mind when you said, I want you to think of yourself. Because what I saw was Charles Atlas, the most beautiful, muscled, tan body wearing a Speedo. That's what jumped into my mind, my image of myself. Okay. Well. I'm like, um, there's a comedian that I love named um, Tom Shalhoub. One of his jokes is, I suffer from high self-esteem. I always have. I suffer from high self-esteem. <laughs> nice. Anyways. 
Well, if any of our listeners want to dispel themselves of that mental image, we've been producing video lately, so you can head over to all of our <laughs> social medias. You can see what it's really like. You can see what we look like uh, if you never have. But um, I want you to think of yourself then as not Charles Atlas, but as a 17th century clipper ship. Okay? Now... Weird. It's yeah. like a weird dream. If there was a big hurricane coming to you in... I don't know, um, Portugal, wherever you're, you're docked at the moment. Where would you go if you were a big wooden ship, Stephen? Could we say that I was off the Cape of Good Hope? Because that always sounds uh, the ultimate in romance to me. Could I say that I'm a clipper ship off the coast of the Good Hope? The let's Cape of Good let's Hope? say that. There's a lot of great white sharks there. I mean, it's kind of a okay. wild and beautiful place, but that's where you are. Hurricane coming. I don't think they have hurricanes there. I'm not sure. What do you do? What do I do if a hurricane's coming? Well, don't I put as much below decks as I can so that it doesn't... Where do you go? Um, harbor? There you go. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that, that you read the notes <laughs> I sent you before the episode. But um, I, There's something called a safe harbor provision. And what that means is that there is an amount of taxes that you can pay uh, that will prevent you from having to worry that you're going to have get hit with underpayment penalty fees each year. It's called safe harbor. So that long, Great word. drawn out American schooner reference was, was all yeah, to just get, fun. get the word harbor into your mind. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Um, this provision says that depending on your income level, once you've paid a per certain percentage of last year's tax that you owed, you won't owe any penalties no matter how much more you owe at tax time. So that percentage for people that make $150,000 or less is 100%. So as long as you pay at least as much as you paid last year, you won't owe any penalties. Uh, if you make more than $150,000, you have to pay 110% of last year's tax amount to prevent yourself from potentially owing penalties. Now, what that means is that if you owed $25,000 in total tax, uh, and you can find out how much total tax you owed on line 24 of your form 1040, which is kind of the main page of your tax return that you submitted. Um, so if you owed $25,000, maybe you made about a hundred grand or a little more um, last year. And this year, you think you're going to earn a million dollars. So you're going to owe a ton Woo! of taxes. Well, you just need to be sure that you've paid $27,500 throughout the year in order not to get hit with underpayment penalties. The rest, obviously, you're still going to owe a crap ton of taxes when tax time comes. But it's okay because you're not a dummy and you've been reserving for those taxes and at the minimum, putting the money somewhere where it can earn you a little bit of interest or something throughout the year. So you're going to have a big tax bill when you file your taxes, but you didn't have to hand it all to the government throughout the year. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of something that you want to pay taxes generally when the money that is earned that you made, but you don't have to worry too much about being dramatically over if you have a big year you're not going to get hit with penalties so long as you you hit that safe harbor amount um 
And once you've figured that out and minimize the amount that's being held from your check, the last step is just to make sure you don't go spend all the money that you're now uh, reserving for potential tax payments. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about what you should do with it. But Let's do. If you're earning throughout the year, maybe you're a business owner. This is really common for people who own businesses is they don't have an employer who just withholds taxes from them. Um, you're going to be earning money and you're going to owe some of that money as tax, but you don't necessarily have to pay it right away. Um, at very least right now, you can go put that in a high yield savings account where you can earn maybe a half a percentage point of interest. Not a lot of money, but you'll at least feel good that you didn't, uh, give, give a free loan again. And you know, maybe it's a few hundred bucks for the year. So that's what you do. Um, if you're reserving money throughout the year, just be sure you don't spend it because that's a real unpleasant wake up when you find out, hey, you had a great year, you made a million dollars and you owe $250,000 in taxes and you say, but I went on the, the around the world backpacking trip and I spent all that money. Uh, you still owe mm-hmm. it and that's a different podcast how we deal with those situations. Yeah, there's there's documentaries about pro athletes who live that way. It's called Broke. Yes, that's a good one. Broke the 30 for 30. Um, yeah. The other big tip, I think that you can take a peek at your tax return and, and figure out if this applies to you is look at the standard deduction and the deduction that you took for your taxes. So recently, the standard deduction, which is just the deduction everybody gets for being a breathing tax filing person um, went up a whole lot. So now for a married couple, it's over $24,000. And that was good and bad. It was great news if you rent your your housing and don't do a whole bunch of charitable giving. Um, You might have saved a bunch of tax dollars there because previously you only had about a $12,000 standard deduction. Um, But a lot of you that are listening, you own your home so you can deduct mortgage interest and you maybe are very generous so you do a lot of giving. And what a lot of people have found is that the new standard deduction, it's about the same as what their deduction is when they're doing their giving and their mortgage interest and they add all that up. They're both similar in amount. Um, And if that's you, there's something that you can do about this situation. What? What do we do? It's called a bunching strategy. And it's not for everyone. Bunching. It's where you go on Amazon and you find the cheapest undies that they sell and you buy them and they just, they bunch up. Oh, they bunch. And then that helps you with your taxes somehow. That's a different thing. It reminds you. Sorry. I'm I'm confusing two different types of bunching. So. Okay. That's conflating is what you've done. When it comes to tax bunching, here's how it works. Some people these days are taking the standard deduction, that 24000 every year, every other year. Yes. And in the off years, they're taking an itemized deduction where they're actually deducting the itemized expenses. But then in order to maximize the itemized deduction so it's not similar in size to the standard deduction, they will bunch those expenses into one year for two years. So how might you do that? Well, 
often property taxes are due, for example, in Texas, property taxes are due in January. Um, but you get your property tax statement at the end of the year. You can pay it as soon as you get it, and you can deduct that in that year. So a bunching strategy for property taxes would be to pay in January for that, let's say this year you pay in 2021 for January, but then you're going to go ahead and pay 2022 in December when you get that statement. Now you can deduct two years of property tax in one calendar year. And, and the advantage is? Which what we're trying to do is run that itemized bill up as high as possible. So the second step a lot of people are going to take is do all of their charitable giving for the next two years in one calendar year. Wow. And that might be really hard to do. Uh, you have to plan ahead for this, which is why we use the alternating year strategy. So it might be that you're hearing this and you go, this sounds interesting. Maybe it would apply to yeah. us. But we can't. we can't just drop two years worth of tithing on our church this year because we don't have it. Right. So what you do is you start saving up that tithe. You're going to take the standard deduction this year and next year you're going to do the bunching strategy. Um, but the way that one way to kind wow. of do this that, that is nice when it comes to charitable giving is you can use what's called a donor advised fund. And I think we should do a whole episode on donor advised funds, but what these I are. I can just see the I can see the subscriptions streaming in when we do the donor advised fun tax episode. Hey man, there's people who like our nerdery more than you think. Okay. But a donor advised fund is a vehicle that allows you to put money into uh, really what is a separate fund and then you get the tax deduction at the time you contribute it to that fund, but you get to tell the fund, here's how I want you to distribute it. And you can either do that right away, or you can do that over the next lifetime. Um, and a lot of donor advised funds will allow you to invest the money you put in. So if you just want to say you made a whole bunch of money this year, one of those unexpected big business years, you can say, I'm going to go ahead and cut off a big chunk of it and put it in a donor advised fund this year. You'll get the tax break this year but you might not be ready to distribute it to an organization. So you can let it grow. You can put it in the stock market and let it grow inside that donor advised fund. And then in a year or two, you can say, hey, I would like you to send a check for this much money to my church or to this charitable wow. organization. And Fascinating. So you can use one of these to bunch your contributions so that you can get the tax deduction at the time you want but you could tell the donor advised fund, I just want you to send a check once a month for this amount to the to the organization. And that's something they can handle for you. Interesting. All right. And and who who does this work? Who 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 who'll handle that? I use a donor advised fund at Fidelity Investments. Uh there's a ton of options out there. And if you're really interested in donor advised funds, you can reach out to us. Uh, that's something that we could probably uh, discuss on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but I, okay. I've got the I've got the dirt on which ones have been very easy to work with and which ones have been pains in the patootie. Wow! But we don't talk. Okay, we don't talk greasy on the Abraham's Wallet podcast about companies that have roughly ten thousand times the resources that we do because we don't want to be sued by by a big financial institution. Yeah, 
because they have a lot of money to put towards legal. Yep. The last thing that you can do to try to run up uh, deductible expenses in a year is the, the other common deduction that a lot of people will have, especially when you get to be older, um, is medical expenses that are over 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So if you know this, Stephen, would apply to you like you've been talking about those calf implants for so long. Um, yep. If you went time. ahead and said, hey, in one of these years that I'm going to itemize expenses, I'm going to go for the calf implants. And yep. then you could, if they hit that threshold of 7.5% of your gross income, which I assume they would, uh, then you can go ahead and deduct that in one of these years too. Okay. I... <clears throat> I've been looking at, you know, if you're part of the, um, I don't know, the the gargoyle worshiping crowd, sometimes you get like a row of spikes implanted on your forehead, under your skin. Would that be, would that be considered? I've, I've been thinking about that. I don't that. know if that's Is considered, that considered medical part of... or body modification. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I'll look into it with my certified uh professional horn installer yeah yeah that's right okay um so that's that's this the thing to consider if you keep coming in right around the standard deduction could be an interesting option for your family um now lastly the thing that you might be feeling let's say you were up late last night working on the term i don't know if you're going to address this let me ask this ask before you go into your layup late at night if you get a big rebate back, you're do, you've done something wrong. Similarly, would we say that if you get a huge number at the end of the year, you've also done something wrong, and that prepayment or paying taxes as you go is the is the move to make? You know, that's a good question, and I would say thank you. I would say no. It's not. Uh, it doesn't go both ways because. What we want to avoid is getting any penalties. So if you didn't get any penalties for underpayment uh, and you had been diligently stashing away funds to pay your tax bill when the time came, then I'm fine with you having a huge bill come tax time because you were ready for it. And hopefully you didn't just have that in cash under your mattress. You had it somewhere where it was at least earning a little bit of something for you. This is the point that I was trying to make baby steps toward, which is it's easier for people. It's kind of mentally easier for people to to do prepaids as they go. And then they make a like final adjustment when they get the end of the year numbers, et cetera. But there ain't a thing in the world wrong with planning towards. I know what my tax burden is going to be. I'm collecting i'm shunting that money off to the side and i'm putting it in somewhere where maybe it'll earn a little money so that if you're gonna have to pay 250 grand in taxes why not let that 250 grand which i hope that's the case for you that would be wonderful um why not put that money somewhere where it's earning a little bit of something for you until the day that it's that it's due and if that's your case, then I would encourage you to also follow Mark's recommendation to automatically get that extension and hold on to that money for another three months and let it grow a little bit more. Then you're going to send it all in and you're going to keep the growth instead of what happens for other people, which is what we talked about here at the head, 
which is the government held your money and it said you deserve this much back because you overpaid us. That is a loser. That is a losing strategy. Loser. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Was that Ace Ventura that we got? Um, I've never watched that movie, but I know that people say that and they're referring to that movie. Okay. So I guess I suppose it is by extension. It's by association. The last thing I was going to kick to to our people, and this one might you might have had this this question arise in your minds if you were one of these people that was up late last night working on your taxes to get them in on time. You might have said, "Is it time for me to hire a CPA? Is it time for me to hire a tax preparer?" And I, I think, think a lot of people wonder that. I think that's a whole episode that we should do. And I was going to say. Um, if you are a good CPA or tax preparer, we would love to know you. You know, we love to know about good CPAs. And if you're listening and you want to come on the Abraham's Wallet podcast and provide a deeper dive on stuff or say, hey, here's what you guys completely got wrong or anything like that, then you should reach out to mark at abrahamswallet.com and we'll talk about getting you on the podcast to help the people. Um, yeah. I think because you're you're a rare find. That's right, and it would only be because we've we've experienced that there's not a lot of good CPAs. Um, nope. And so I think it would only be fair of me to say if you're listening to this and you're a bad CPA, um, that's okay. Like, uh-huh. first off, you're in pretty thick company. Um, yeah. And secondly, we are certain you are not alone. We're certain that you have other redeeming values. So we, we are thankful that you're listening. You're made in the image of God. We can say that. You're made in the image of God. We're sure of that. Yeah. You don't deserve to die. One of the best grill masters I've ever known in my life was a terrible CPA from Des Moines. <laughs> um, he's actually in a low security prison now, but uh, that guy, he could cook a rack of ribs. So oh, I'll just man. say... It, we're not saying to you that we we don't value you as a man just because you're a bad CPA. Um, no, I could even say to him, you're living my dream. You're in a white collar prison right now. Yeah. And because you were, you, you're terrible at your job and you did some crooked things, but man, so he can really grill, huh? Yeah. So, uh, oh, that's incredible. But the, the, the details of when to hire a CPA is probably another episode. I just want to put it in your brain that saving $300 on tax preparation isn't always wise and it's not always actually savings. Um, Amen. And so there's a few things that a CPA can do for you. I did my own taxes on TurboTax for many years, even when I had, yes. I had investment properties and all sorts of things that made them a little more complicated. But... There's a few things a CPA can do for you, and I'll just lay these out and you can decide if they apply to you. But one of them is a good CPA can provide proactive estimates. So you say, hey, we had a windfall this year. Can you help me estimate my tax situation so I can know, you know, how much to be reserving so I don't end up in that spot of a big tax bill? Um You know, a a CPA also signs your tax return when they send it in to the IRS. And there's some liability that they are accepting uh, when they do that. So that's an interesting... That's not nothing. No. That's not nothing. Um, 
a good CPA can suggest new strategies to you. I know, Stephen, you and I have both had an accountant that said, hey, you know, if you go spend some money right now, you will pay less taxes than if you don't spend, you will, you will have more money in your pocket than if you don't go spend some money right now. You can either- It's one of the most delightful calls that you'll ever experience. I remember one year that the, you were sent to the Apple store and told to just go bananas. That's true. So go get some stuff. If you can buy something and it's a business expense, it's going to work out great for you. And we rubbed our hands together and said, how much must we spend? It was a delight. And we'd have never known that if we didn't have a CPA. Um, so suggesting new strategies like that is, is valuable. Another one is keeping track of things like depreciation. So if you have business assets or if you have real estate assets, you can do this on your own, but it's a pain in the neck. And uh, my experience was I was keeping track of all the depreciation on rental properties and things. And then I switched software and to my great uh, sadness, there was all my my data was gone and I couldn't figure it out. So I had to go back and manually dig it out of old tax returns. <laughs> Um, so just having somebody to keep track of things for you that, that are going to be, uh, consistently needed year over year is yes. valuable. Um, anything else that you've noticed that having an accountant has helped you with Stephen? Well, one thing that's convenient all year long is that, you know, the name of your CPA. So not only can you keep them abreast of, uh, plans that you have financially, you can keep them abreast of, well, I mean, I can say what, what we did throughout 2020, throughout 2020 and into 21 is there were such massive fluctuations in our earnings, uh, as a business that we wanted to, we wanted a dialogue going on between him regarding, okay, how can we plan for this? And I want you to know this happened and, and what would happen if we, laid off these employees and tell it, you know, just to have a professional talk with, but I don't want to undersell the value of in any conversation at any party, um, around the water cooler going on a run. You always have a name, an actual name of a nerd that you can make fun of wherever you are. Cause you know, their name, cause that's your CPA. So you could drop that in anytime you need. It's like a punchline. You can always drop that name in. Tate Paul. I know he's a CPA. There he is. I can always use his name. It's very helpful for comedy. So I don't want to. I don't want to undersell the value there. Yeah, just don't do it when you're standing right by the grill. If Herb's on the, rib, no. On the ribs, no, 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 no. You're full of compliments at that point. And you know who knows what what kind of hijinks he's going to come out of the slammer with. He might be a dangerous man. You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, now see, I see when I'm in the slammer, I'm writing songs. I'm, I'm working through old, the stack of books by my bedside. I'm so excited. This guy, when he's in the slammer, he, he's, he's making he's schematics. Like Walter he's, White. He's going to come out. Just. Yes. He's got, he's got an evil plan. That's no good. You want, listen, just as a rule of thumb, just take this from us. If someone is going into prison long term, you send flowers, condolences. You want that to be a very positive parting. You want to, as the nicest, most loving blessings. That's just a rule of thumb. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. You didn't pay for that. That's just what we 
That's just what we think. I think it's time that we shut this one down. We've talked about prison okay. way more than I expected on our tax podcast. Yeah, um, yeah okay. But <laughs> yeah. good luck to Strange you guys. Strange bedfellows. Uh, you know, if, if this is something that uh, you're just going back and you say, hey, I filed my taxes back in February, well, pull out your return and take a look at it and check on some of these situations, see if they apply to you. I hope it's helpful, and until next week, I'm Mark Parrott, and this is Abraham's Wallet Podcast. I'm Steve Emanuel saying that the way that you run your taxes is not an insignificant part of your wealth planning, and so don't ship that off thoughtlessly. Do give thought to it. Be careful with what you're doing. It matters. It matters long term. Love ya. Bye. Bye.